Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today I'm super excited. I have Brendan. I'm not quite sure how to say your last name, so you're going to have to say it in a second. But Brendan is the founder of Master Talk. He coaches ambitious executives and entrepreneurs to become top 1% communicators in their industry. I think this is a huge topic as loan officers to talk about because you know every piece of content you put out anything that you do, anything that you talk, you, you can just improve your results by, by just speaking a little bit better, right? So he also has a popular YouTube channel called Master Talk with the goal of providing free access to communication tools for everyone in the world. So thank you so much for being here, Brendan. How's it going, man? Very good, Luke, man. Thanks for having me. How are you? Okay, good, man. So, you know, I'm excited to dig in here into some of the juicy things that we talked about a little bit before uh, getting on here. But uh, before we get there, let's talk a little bit about you, your background, kind of how you got to where you are today, right? I, I always love talking about the journey because, you know, for anybody for anybody who's started a business or done anything hard, you know, the journey's not always straight up, right? There's always ups and downs. So love to hear the story. What does that look like for you, man? Absolutely, brother. So for me, the journey started in university. I used to do these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age are playing football or basketball or rugby. I'm clearly not equipped for that, as you can tell by looking at me, for those of you who are watching the video. So instead, what I did is I did presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But I also accidentally learned how to coach other people and how to speak because as new students were entering that program, we didn't really have a speech coach, Luke. So I started coaching them. And that's what led to the YouTube channel idea where I realized everything I was teaching wasn't really available for free. And then a few years later, it turned into a business. Love it, man. So, so tell me, what, what is that, that as far as timeline goes? Like how, how far back is that? Yeah. So I started coaching when I was 19. So I was on six, seven nice. years ago when that started. And I started the YouTube channel three years ago. Sick, man. Sick. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Like how has been the journey of, you know, the ups and downs of really just kind of being a business owner and, and kind of figuring that piece out. And I'm sure even just putting out content on YouTube has been a, a, a learning progress. Just talk, talk a little bit about that and we can dig into some of the juicy stuff, man. Oh, of course. Lots of ups and downs, man. For sure. The YouTube channel has been one of them. You know, I started coaching C-level executives who literally worked at the company longer than I was alive. So very intimidating, I must say. And especially when I started recording YouTube videos the first time, a lot of people at, at the time who were making videos on my subject, they're like PhDs in communication. So I definitely sure. had a lot of imposter syndrome there. But the main reason that I pressed record, and this goes back to fear versus message, because we're all scared of something, is I really wanted to help the people who couldn't afford me. Like think about the 15-year-old girl, right? Let's say she goes on YouTube. She mostly just finds a bunch of old people, right? Or in like in their 60s. that she can't right. Really relate right. to. So that that's one piece of the struggle. The other piece around being a business owner, I mean, I've never really wanted to be a business owner. I'm like the anti-entrepreneur. I thought entrepreneurship was people who couldn't get six-figure corporate jobs, I'm being honest. So I went to business <laughs> school to get a job in corporate, which I did, did really well financially, but it was because I was called to do this that I actually quit my corporate job like eight months ago to pursue this full-time. It's been a fun ride ever since. 
Dope, man. That's that's a sick story, man. And, and you know, I've seen similar things even with my story, the ups and downs, you know, a couple of years back was a hundred grand in debt, just trying to trying to make, you know, trying to make things work, right? And it's always the journey that you that you look back on and see, man, if it weren't for the journey, I would never be where I'm at, you know. And, and sometimes you forget that and you're like, dang, why am I in this like hard time right now? But just my sort of view on it or or, or my results or, or the way I, I view failures has always been like a learning experience, right? Obviously going through it sucks, but in retrospect. It's it almost always comes out to be the best thing. Like I almost partnered with someone that not working out was one of the best things that ever happened. You know, there's there's a lot of things that that were hard at the time. I have turned out to be some of the best things that have ever happened. So again, I, I love talking about that journey. Um, I wanted to pull on one thread that you mentioned in there, and that was you know you you started coaching at 19, which you know especially for this right. And I was going to bring that up. I mean, imposter syndrome things like that. Like, and I'm sure there I'm sure there's loan officers out there. You know, newer loan officers are young, 20, 21, 22. They're getting into the business um, that that might feel that same way, or maybe they're not even that young. Maybe they're just new to the industry. So, so talk a little bit about that. Like, what sort of propelled you forward uh, despite? I don't know, despite not even like, you know, you're a 19 year old and there's 19 people that have been in the business for 19 years and, you know, executives, right? Like, oh, why should I listen to a 19 year old kid, a 25 year old kid? You know, that's crazy. Of course. And, and I used to get that all the time. I don't anymore because I can just handpick whoever I work with now. So life is sure. good. But, but definitely when I was 19, I wasn't in the business yet, but definitely was coaching people. Sure. I started coaching C-level and I was probably 22. So okay. definitely relevant. In terms of, yeah, I was still super young. Like, geez, how did that work out? So here's an analogy that, that can help people through imposter syndrome that I don't hear that much. So let's kind of play this out. Let's say I came to your city, right? San Diego. And I said, hey, man, I'm in the city. I don't really know what to do. What, what should I do for fun here? And you'll probably tell me, you'll say, these are the restaurants to go to. These are the places to go see. And if you have some extra time, I would go visit this marina or something, right? Simple. Same thing. If you came to Montreal and you said, hey, man, I'm in Montreal for the city for a couple of days. Don't know what to do. I'll probably tell you. Go to these restaurants, visit these places. And if you have time, go to this port. But isn't that odd? Because none of us are tour guides. And last time I checked, my dad is not the mayor of Montreal. And I doubt yours is too. One of these days, I'll be wrong, by the way. I'll be talking with someone whose dad is actually the mayor of San Diego. And you'll go, right. well, actually, Brendan, my dad is the mayor. But think about it. Like, Why is it, Luke, that for some pieces of information that we have zero, like literally nil expertise in, we share very openly like directions on what to do in our city. But when it comes to our subject matter expertise, something we want to pour our life into, something we want to be an expert in, we're scared to share even a little bit of information. Why is there a discrepancy there? And the reason, in my opinion, there's a discrepancy is because most of us don't understand what the definition of an expert means. Most people think of an expert as, you need a PhD, you need a master's degree. Did you go to Cambridge? Did you go to Harvard? Whereas in my opinion, being an expert simply means that you are one chapter ahead of the next person in that specific thing. So in the mm -hmm. same way, you can probably teach me a thing or two about starting a podcast, having a better virtual background than me, uh, teaching loan officers and how to market their services better. I can probably teach you a thing or two about communication too. So the key is to coach and train the person, help the person that you're the most comfortable serving. Start from that place and build your way up. Yeah, I love I love that. I mean, because because I mean, you're just building that confidence, you're building that muscle. And and I'll be even honest. When I started the business, like it was embarrassing saying, "Oh, I've been doing this for you know when it was less than a year." Been doing this for less than a year, so I'd sometimes inflate. Oh, I've been doing this for a year when I was like at eight months. You know, oh, I'm you know, it's, it's like oh yeah, I've been doing this for a couple of years. 
And it was like when I was 28, 29, I'm 33 now, you know, so I'm not feeling it as much now because obviously I've, I've also seen the success of building a business and all that kind of stuff too. And, and I don't have that imposter. I still have massive imposter syndrome and other things, but, but in, in this regard, right. It was just like the things that used to scare me don't scare me anymore. And again, that just goes back to like going through hard things kind of develops you for, for that. But I don't know. I, I just think that, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing. So um, just kind of moving forward there, man, talk a little bit about like, what do you do or, or kind of how do you help I guess entrepreneurs, how do you help people speak better? And what does that kind of look like, right? Is that speaking better all the time? Is that speaking better in presentations? Like, what, is, what does that look like? And how does that serve yeah, someone? Absolutely. So I think it definitely starts with the mission. So the mission for me is I want to help every human being on earth become exceptional communicators. That's my big goal in life. And that's why I take the YouTube channel really seriously. I invest tens of thousands of dollars into my video production to make sure that whenever people watch those videos, they can still get the lessons, whether they can afford a coach in communication or not. But in terms of the specific clientele we work with, definitely coaches, executives, and entrepreneurs, I would say the main three people that we work with. And the goal is really to be all around communication, communicators. So one piece is definitely presentations. Another piece is executive mastery. So let's say when you get answered or asked a question on a podcast, how do you answer in a way that makes you feel confident where you're safe, you're secure and on prospect calls. And then the last piece is relationship building, of course. Sure. I love that, man. So, so let's kind of walk through that, man. Like what, what does that look like in kind of a practical sense or, or, or really kind of how, how can we apply this to the, the people that are most likely listening to this show, which is going to be, you know, mostly loan officers, whether they're new or seasoned, whatever they're, they're loan officers looking to, to go out and get more business, whether that be direct to the consumer or going out there and speaking with more real estate partners that can then send them back referrals. Right. So how do we sort of leverage what you do or, or leverage better communication into really what everybody's looking for, which is more business. Right. I mean, yeah, they're looking for better relationships all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, but ultimately at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the purpose is kind of, Hey, I want to make some more money. How do I do that? Absolutely, man. So, so let's bring that into the context of, of what your show is all about, which is learn officers. So that's very similar in my opinion to the real estate agent business right. where it's yep. very people heavy, very people heavy. Everything is driven by people like most mm-hmm. businesses, but especially in this one. So one right. thing I want to emphasize to the group, and I'm sure you preach this so much in your podcast, better relationship does equal better business. So if we build better relationships with people and they prefer us over other people and they, they have much better time working with us, they'll always pick us as the vendor of choice. So now if we reverse engineer that, how do we become better at relationship building? This is always the advice that especially applies to loan officers. If you want to get better at relationship building, you need to actually master presentations first. And you might sure. wonder, why is that? How does that make sense? And I'll explain why. So when you work on a presentation, and it doesn't really matter what the presentation is about, and I'll give a couple of tactics here that we can apply right away. But let's say you do a presentation on, I don't know, being a loan officer. Let's say you're giving advice to the younger generation. You're going to fix a lot of pieces of your speech to make it better. Your filler words, you're going to remove your ums and ahs. You're going to get better at your vocal tone variety because you're not going to just yell the entire thing, right? You're going to make sure your pacing is correct. You're going to slow down. You're going to take your time. And then when you master that in presentations, because it's the easiest where you can actually see the improvement like day and night. That's what I do with clients too. When Mm -hmm. they get better with presentations, we can easily apply that in our day-to-day conversations. So notice now as I'm speaking to you, there's no filler words. I'm keeping my eye contact. My vocal tones are changing to keep myself engaged. But that's stuff that I learned in presentations that I'm reapplying in this context. So that would Mm -hmm. be my advice is get better with presentations and use the skill set that you learn there into your everyday conversations. So I just kind of had this like interesting thought pop up in the back of my head. And that's we have. So presentations is what's like going to improve your success or it's going to improve what you do. Right. So I guess, I guess in context there is this like, 
like a one-to-one presentation? Is this like a, a presentation in front of people? Is this like, what, what does that kind of um, look like? And then like, how does that get then get applied to, I don't know, everything else, right? I, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of an interesting, interesting thought there that it's like the presentation is, you know, again, just kind of help there. Absolutely. Happy to clarify. So, so let's go through the easiest tactic, right? So this is simple, okay. easy win for loan officers. This is a, a process I call the question drill process. So what question drills are essentially is where you predict in advance every possible question that you can get asked by a vendor or someone that you want to sell to. So let's say you're speaking to a stakeholder and they're asking you a specific question about your business as a loan officer. How do you make sure that you preemptively have answers to every possible question you get asked? So let's say you're you're a sales trainer and you're selling a specific type of product. If you have already have detailed answers on any possible question you get asked, you'll always come out really confident in any conversation. Mm-hmm. And that way, when somebody asks you a question, you don't go, uh, uh, um, uh, let me think. You actually sound confident. So one specific thing that loan officers can do right now, Luke, is make a list, brainstorm with a group of loan officers. What is every question that you're going to get asked in your business? So let's say when I'm on a sales call and I'm selling my product or service, I think about everything that somebody could possibly ask me about investing in a communication program. Boom, 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 boom. And then I literally test out the answers to very harsh, negative people in my network who are very pessimistic. And then they poke holes in every one of my answers until each one is perfect. But that also applies in the context of presentations. Because let's say for a specific presentation, let's say a loan officer is managing a team of other officers. Okay, they're senior, they're managing a team of 10, 15 guys and gals. Well, when you're training somebody on how to be a loan officer and you're giving that specific presentation that's very relevant in your business, you want to also think about the questions you're going to get asked in that presentation too. So you come off as really confident. Everyone wants to work under you. Does that make more sense? But I'm happy to answer. Yeah, for sure. And, and the sort of the context that I was not looking for, but um, like when I'm talking about like one-to-one, is this, it's just like, are we active listening? Does that play any part into to the communication? You know, because obviously sales one-on-one, you know, listen, listen more than, than, than you, you speak and you're usually pretty good, right? Ask good questions. So, so does that play into some of the training that you do, um, and which, which then leads to better presentation? Uh, and I think I know the answer, but I'll, I'm going to let you say it. So maybe I'm Yeah, wrong. no, I, no, you're, you're absolutely right, Luke. And you're touched on a lot of key points there. So let's go by order. So definitely question drills, easy tactic. You can implement that right away. The second piece is really in terms of the presentation, the easiest tactic that you can do to practice this on the fly is called the random word exercise. So essentially what you do is you pick a random word like phone or pistachios or mouse pad, and you give random presentation as a thin air. And as a loan officer listening to this, you might be wondering, why does this matter for my business? Why is this relevant? The reason it's relevant is simple. Do the harder thing outside of the boardroom. Do the harder thing outside of your business. If you would talk about random things like pistachios for a minute and sound confident, when you go back to your subject matter expertise, which is being a loan officer, that should be a joke for you. And that's what we do with a lot of C-level people is like talk about like iguanas and the people like literally freaking out on the call. They're like, I don't know. When they go back into the their, their area of expertise, whether it's tech or being a loan officer, the life becomes so much easier. The other piece I want to talk about that you touched upon is the idea of listening. So I really hate talking about listening on shows because it's so esoteric, right? You just go listen better sure. and that's it. So let me give a couple of tactics that are actually very specific. One, this is a quote from Tony Robbins. Listen as if you have to teach somebody else what you just learned. Okay, listen as if you have to teach somebody else what you just learned. What does that mean? That means when you're taking notes, you need to be so detailed that when somebody asks you, hey, what did you learn from that? You're able to quickly teach everything as if 
you literally invented the session. So what I do on sales calls, literally, and this is something you could do as a loan officer too is listening, is whenever you're on a call with the prospect and you ask them what their challenges are with whatever they're facing, you write down every little detail. When you restate, you restate literally everything that they said and the prospect will be completely shocked where they just go, yeah, you got everything. And then you'll have their attention. Another piece as well with listening that I recommend is the idea of asking yourself if you're responding with questions or statements. Most people, when they're in conversations, sure. Luke, except this one, because we're on a podcast and I got to deliver value, <laughs> right? or else I would just, or else I would ask you more questions instead of just hogging the mic all the time. But I have to, uh-huh, in the context uh-huh. of this medium, always ask yourself as a loan officer, are you responding with questions or statements, whether it's sales calls, relationship building, or just in general interaction that you have? And you'll find with most people, the ratio is a 50-50 or more on statements. I'd even argue it's 90-10 statements over questions. Change that ratio. Ask more questions instead of statements and you'll automatically get better at listening. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think just to kind of uh, double up on that is so many times people, especially in sales, start to make an assumption. And, and a lot of times, I mean, you mentioned take take copious notes, right? Take a lot of notes because when you repeat back to them what they said themselves, but but ultimately a lot of times in sales, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking specifically in the, in the sales context here, like you need them to feel heard. Even if you're right with your assumptions, you need them to feel heard. So if you make those assumptions, you're not going to make the sale because they don't feel heard. They don't feel like you actually understood what they were saying. Even if you did, you know, I mean, you've, I mean, as a loan officer, you know, you've worked with hundreds of people, right? Like, so, you know, you know, better than them most of the time. Right. So yeah, again, that, that's just, um, that's just an yeah, interesting point. <laughs> Yeah. And, and an analogy that, that builds on exactly what you just said, which is excellent, is you're only as good as your last at bat. I don't care if you swung the home run, you got the sale the last 50 times. The next call, it's a fresh new start. It's a new mm-hmm. prospect. They don't know who you are. They don't care who you are, right? Because they're picking between a bunch of other people. You have to always assume that you have $0 in the bank account. Always assume right. you got nothing and always assume you have everything to lose. Yeah, I love that, man. And, and and it's true. I mean, you know, ultimately, otherwise you become a commodity, right? If you do, if you don't have uh, the ability to have the, the right conversations with the right people, and, and this, I mean, it comes down to relationships. At the end of the day, sales is, is somewhat forming a relationship with people in a very short amount of time, getting them to know, like, and trust you and, you know, and knowing that, that you're going to make the right decision, right? I mean, or, or you're going to push them in the right, the right way. So um, talk to me a little bit about like, okay, so so when it comes to just kind of general presentations, things like that, what, what are some of like really good tips or, or really good things that loan officers can do to, or anybody, I guess, can, can do to, to improve on their speaking? Um, I, I feel like I've gotten much better at speaking over the years, just doing, but you know, I still, I'm always, I'm always interested in how can I improve? How can I do better presentations? Obviously, the other thing, and sorry, I've just rambled for a little bit. The other thing is like when you're presenting in front of people, how do you then like bring down the the, the nervousness, noise, the, the the fear and things like that? So anyway, that was a bunch of questions, but. No, that's great. And, th- and that's actually, let, let's recap quickly. So number one, question drills, right? So notice everyone who's listening to this right now, how I'm able to navigate really conflict because Luke just asked me like a dozen questions at the same time. So notice I'm not freaking yeah, ADHD. out. ADHD, be- sorry. Be- and that's okay, by the way, it's totally fine. It's just fun to kind of play this out with you as you're asking yeah. questions. Because it, it proves the point. Because I've done the question drill and I've done like well, hundreds of podcasts, I'm able to quickly sift through the questions you're asking and quickly break them down. So that's one. Practice the question drill. Don't just write it down on a piece of paper. Go with your loan officers, write down five questions you feel you get asked in the business, and literally pitch those questions back to each other and listen to how each of you would answer those questions. And you'll automatically improve the quality of how you deliver 
questions and answers to clients and stakeholders. Second piece is the random word exercise. I know it sounds stupid. Do it five times a day, five minutes a day. If you do that for a year, you'll have done the exercise 1800 times and you'll be so good at saying random BS all the time that when you go to actual business, when you know what you're talking about, life is going to be really easy for you because you'll be able to not lose the sales that actually matter, right? On the dollar bills where it actually counts, right? And then the third piece that I'll add as a tip that speaks back into another tip for presentations that you're asking, Luke, is structuring your presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. So here's an analogy I'll give you. When we think about jigsaw puzzles, you know, those toy, you know, we used to play as kids. Some of us still do that during the holidays. One question I always ask people is if you're working on a jigsaw puzzle, which pieces do you start with first? And most people tend to answer the edges because the edges are easier to find, right? They've got a little corner there. Yeah, so, you can so the people easily- are psychopaths. Exactly. Except the people I mean, that cycle. I mean, I mean, I mean, people. I mean, people that do puzzles are psychopaths too. But hey, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. You know, I'm just kidding. There you go. <laughs> no, no offense to puzzle lovers across yeah, the world. Yeah, right. But, Sorry, right, mom. Abs- <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so so most of us start with the edges, simple, and work our way into the middle. But in public speaking, we tend to do the opposite. We tend to shove a bunch of stuff in the middle and then work our way through the edges. So whenever we give a presentation, we usually ramble throughout the whole thing. Blah blah blah. blah. We get to the last slide and it sounds something like this. Uh, Yeah, so thanks. Not the right way to practice. Instead, what you want to do is practice like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. So what I would do if you had two hours of practice time for a very important presentation as a loan officer giving for some type of business deal you're working on, practice the edges first. Literally invest 30 minutes of your life in that two hours, just presenting the first two to three minutes of your presentation. Because what's great about that is in 30 minutes, you can actually present the same stuff 10 times and exponentially get better at the delivery of your intro. And that gives you momentum versus just doing the 30-minute presentation over and over again. You'll just get tired after two, three times and get lunch. Seriously, it's not going to help. And then the other piece is do the conclusion another 30 minutes. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. So same thing. Do the intro, sorry, the conclusion 30 times as well. And that will help you build the momentum you need to go. My intro, my conclusion are solid. Now I'm going to work my way through the middle and then solve the puzzle. And I love that. I love, I love that concept. And it's true. I mean, a lot of times it is, it's the, the thing that we focus the most on is the meat because we think that's the most important, but like, I'm sh- I'm sure kind of what you've seen is that the first, I mean, really the first impression, like with anything with sales or whatever, like, you know, you should know pretty quickly, like if you want to listen to this person or not. And so I, I think what you're basically saying by that is that like, we want them to be engaged right away because if, if they're not engaged right away, it doesn't matter how good your presentation is in the middle. If the first part sucks, they're just going to check out. I mean, they might exactly. hear you, but they're not going to hear you. Um, and so, I, yeah, that's, that's that's brilliant, man. Can we pull on that uh, again in another thread, which is the the random word exercise? Flush that out a little bit for us. Like, what does that look like? Am I like just saying like camera, man, this camera, this XT4 is a da, 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 just a randomly saying stuff. Like, I don't know anything about the camera. I had someone else help me set it up. It looks cool. The background, someone else helped me set this up. The lights, everybody, like, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. Right. So just would start blabbering about it or what does that look like? Correct. You'd be shocked to, to know that. I mean, 90, 95% of the people I've coached at the beginning all struggle with the random word exercise. So I can guarantee there's people at who are listening to this, when they think of it, they go, oh my God, the first thought is, I don't want to do that exercise, right? Well, that was and, and, my first and, thing. Right? And you just did it, which is cool. So I think what would be easier, I'm happy to just demonstrate it, brother. Give me yeah. any word and I'm happy to just do the exercise. All right, let's do, uh, let's do whiteboard. 
Okay, so just for, so for context, everyone, Luke did not give me whiteboard for this presentation, so I have to invent stuff on the spot. So here I go. A lot of people ask me, where does my creativity come from? Does it come from clouds in the sky? Does it come from an apple on, on a, my head that gets hit several times a day? Does it come from the people around me? And all of those things might be true, but the one way to gain creativity, the one way to explore and generate ideas, more importantly, keep them in the back pocket is whiteboards. Whiteboards, despite how underrated they are, are such a powerful tool when you get up in the morning. You see a nice whiteboard, you get to write down ideas, scribble down thoughts and drawings and wicked ways for you to achieve your goals in life. But don't just think about whiteboards from a physical perspective. Think about the whiteboards in your life. How much are you investing and finding new ideas and exploring new things. It doesn't really have anything to do with the whiteboard, really. You could use post-it notes. You could take out your phone and take notes, but ask yourself, are you leveraging the whiteboard in your mind? Are you constantly looking for ideas? Because if you are, you'll be one step closer to greatness. So that's just completely random. Bro, if, if I could, I'd drop the mic, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to break right. my, yeah, you don't you want know, to break the setup. $250 microphone and you know, all that. Fun Only? Stuff. Wow. That's wow. Man, actually. that was amazing, bro. That was, that was super dope. Like that, that to me, like just gives, gives us the the strategy or kind of like the, the tactic behind it. Cause like, obviously you, you heard me when I started talking about the camera, I was like, initially it was like, well, there's this feature and that feature. That was like in my head, what I started thinking about, but you painted a picture before you started talking about the whiteboard. And I don't know, just, it took it in a totally different direction that was, that I was expecting. And so now I can see how an extra like this can be so powerful because yeah, you're just talking BS about something you don't really know, um, but you're, but you're tying it together. And it's what I love about what you do is like, this is like this tying into, I do a lot of like organic marketing. I haven't done so much recently, but I did, I grew my business a lot with organics, Facebook postings, like that long form post. And one of the strategies was, yeah, tying things together. It's somewhat easier to do that when you're <laughs> When you have the time to sit and think and like tie things together versus how you did it so quickly on the fly, right? So I presume the way you were able to do that is, is just a ton of practice. Correct. To keep things simple, right? Because people are always looking for the tactic. Brenda, how did you break that down? The first hundred times you're doing this exercise, there is no tactic. You just do it. I've done it 3,000 times, right? Probably more at this point. Some kind of like a slave on podcast at this point. I just kind of do it all the time. So, but the Every time that- you have to do it? Yeah, usually, usually people okay. like to see it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they know that I'm credible, I guess. But the, <laughs> the other piece is after you do it a hundred times, the most important thing, which which is I want to drive, is you start to have fun with the exercise. So at the beginning, you're scared shitless. You're like, uh, um, uh, whiteboards are like an object. And, and then over time, you start to have fun with communication, which is the point. So when you get to that level, and by the way, a hundred times will literally take you like two hours max, by the way, when you get sure. to that point and you're speaking, then you start to have fun with it. Then you start to think about memories of the object. You start to really intellectualize, you start to have fun with it. And then you start to apply that same personality back into the business where it counts back on the field where you got the results. So you can show more of your personality on sales calls. Like imagine me, like on a sales call now, if somebody asks me something about my program, like who cares? Like it's, like it's, it's so yeah. easy at this point. Cause I can yeah, talk about yeah. avocados for 72 minutes, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the point. Right. I was, right? Yeah. Like I can talk about how to plan avocados. I can talk about what you, every, what do you want? What do you want to know about avocados? I don't know anything about avocados, but I can talk for 72 minutes about them. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's dope, man. I, I love that. I love that concept. Um, and I just like the idea of like, I mean, you have to practice at your craft. I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, just, you know, the fact is like you get better by doing, um, obviously there's better strategies and tactics to get better at speaking. I know for myself, just 
doing podcasts and being guests on podcasts and speaking in front of people. Like when I first started uh, in this business, I just remember looking at my first video and I'm like, hi, my name is Luke. And I just, just I'm so excited for you guys to be here. And I'm just like, like so monotone, no, no tone, no inflection in my voice. It's just like so ridiculous. And just doing like, not even having uh, like a real, like, you know, roadmap to where to go. I was just, I just naturally improved because that's just what happens. I mean, you play soccer every single day of your life. Like you're going to naturally improve at some point, even if you're not the best athlete in the world, you're going to improve. Right. So, you know, that's that same concept. And I think it's something that can be applied and in a business like this, I mean, relationships is everything face-to-face talking with people. And, and you know, you touched on it, right? Like the, the, the point of the show is to help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents, right? So like, what, like, how could you do that? You have a, you become a better communicator. You build better relationships. You, you can, you can give more value in different ways. And I think if you get better at this and you're good at, you, you know, this can only help you get better at sales. It can help you get better at communication, which then can help you teach other people like, Hey, maybe, Hey, maybe your realtor partners, you can teach them how to do this so that they sell better. So they do more transactions. So again, there's just like that. Okay. Well now I'm going to send you back business. Right. So anyway, I just kind of took that down a weird little road, but I, I just thought it was pretty interesting, man. No, let me build on that because what you said there is so spot on, right? The goal here is to flip the script. So let me say exactly what I say in the programs, Ken. And this is a question I want all the loan officers to think about. What percentage of loan officers do you think? So it's a rhetorical question. Have done the random verdict says once. And it doesn't matter what the number is. Maybe some of you will say 10%, 20%. What if I said 10 times? Maybe it's 5%. What if I said 100 times? What percentage of loan officers in the industry have done the random verdict at 100 times? Then you might say 1%, maybe even less. But what if I said 1,000 times? The answer is one person and make sure you're that one person who's listening. Love it, bro. Another drop the mic moment. I love it, man. It's 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 such a it's man. I don't know. You got to buy like a se- you got to like buy a separate mic and just throw. I it know, down. right? <laughs> I just need to be able to throw. Just get a blow up mic so I can just drop the mic when people drop so much fire on this thing because it's interesting. Um, and it's something that's kind of been in the back of my mind for a few days now. It, it, it just the the nuances of language are just so important, and and it, it was uh, exemplified by so we have a little call center, mini call center um, that calls on on leads for our clients. Um, and, and one of the, one of the, the reps was just telling me how she just shifted one, like basically one line in the script. Um, and, and the question was, was like, are mornings or afternoons better for you? Because the person had already said, ah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready right now. And what they were kind of trying to do is like bully them into just giving the information, not bully them, but just kind of like push past it. And so by asking that one question, by just saying the morning or afternoons work better for you, and then still asking the same questions we were still trying to get to set the appointment, um, they were like totally open to it. So it's just like, even it goes back to that same story about the because, right? Like I'm going to do this because you're, you're cutting in line. And the only thing they had to say was because, and it wasn't like that big of a, an ask, right? It was like, oh, I'm, I want to get in line because I need to make some copies. I need to cut in line because I need to make some copies. It was almost as good as I need to get in line because I'm going to be late for my presentation 20 minutes. Um, so it's just interesting how, how language is so important, which is, Essentially, what you are teaching, right, is how to be better with language. Man, you, you dropped so many gems. So I'll throw another one, Yuri, because what you said there, especially around the question and how that changed completely the conversion rates, like I, I live for that, right? Because the idea here, and this is something we really want to make clear, especially since you've made it this far into the podcast, always remember that every time you open your mouth, it is a reflection of your personal brand. Every time you open your mouth, regardless of how successful you are. It's a reflection of who you are and how you're being. Think about this podcast, man. At this point, I've been on like hundreds of shows. 
the say the same thing literally over and over and over again. But notice how both of us are still showing up with the same amount of energy, the same amount of passion, as if we had no money in our bank accounts and we need to get a client but like by next week. We're still presenting with that passion, even if both right. of us probably won't need a new client for months or years. And that's the point that I want to drive is how much are you paying attention to the investment in your personal brand? How seriously are you taking your communication skills so that every time you go to the bat, you're swinging for the home run every time? Dude, yeah, that's that's freaking awesome, man. And I mean, I, I, this is just I, this is one of my favorite podcasts because I mean, language, it's such a subtle thing. Again, it's, it's hard because really it's it seems simple, all that kind of stuff, but it, it does, it really comes down to this. There's a reason why, you know, these, these big pastors of these mega churches are so much better at speaking than the, the you know, the little, it's like, they have the same message, right? They're speaking about, you know, they, they have the same Bible that they're preaching out of, but one person has 40,000 people in their audience. The other person has four people in their audience, you know, and that's because the way they deliver. Um, just to kind of touch on one more thing there. One of the, I, I don't know that I invented this. I, I didn't invent this. I actually got this from someone else, but uh, I call it the actual, uh, the actually close, the actually close. And and what the, what that means is I would get a bunch of people because I used to write a, a lot of organic content on Facebook. I still do. They would reach out to me and they said, Hey, I want to chat. Like, you know, can we schedule a call? So for a while I would like, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Book a, book a call here. And I'd send them the link. And people wouldn't really book it. People wouldn't really book it. I'm like, what the hell? I have to follow up with them. So I was like, okay, let me, let me try to change this real quick. So what I did was I said, Hey, what's the time that works for you this week? Or actually here's the link that might work better for you. And it skyrocketed. The conversion are just people booking and not having to follow up like skyrocketed just by, just by giving them options. Mm. I think I've had one, one person that texted back that messaged me back saying, Oh, can we do 4 PM this time? Every single other person has just booked in themselves just because I changed it from here's my link. Go, go fill it out. I don't care to, Oh yeah. What's a good time. Oh wait, you know what? This is easier for you. So do this. It's better for me. It's better for me for them to fill out the form, right? Because I don't have to then go to my calendar, put the information in, put their email in and send them the confirmation. Like it's so much easier, but again, so language is important. So back to you, man. I don't know if you got any closing words, anything that you think a loan officer can apply or what is like, I guess one thing that a loan officer can apply today uh, that can, you know, improve their business, get, get them more leads, get them more, more business, more money. Absolutely, man. I think for me, the, the biggest one that you, that people can take on out of everything that we shared today is 100% taking action on the question drills, specifically in the context of sales calls. Go back and audit every the question that you get asked in a prospect call and make sure that every time you answer, that every single time you do, it's bulletproof. That's the priority for the people, for the 1% of people who are listening who really want to be at the top of the game. That's what you should do. The other piece that I really want to emphasize as well, never do shit alone, right? My, my coach tells me this all the time. The bigger the dream, the better the team. So whether it's with mm. the coach or with like another group of people, find other loan officers that you really respect and do that exercise together. You'll think that you're competing against each other, but that's not true at all. Because if five loan officers come together and they all make their sales process better, they will be better than literally every other loan officer in that industry who are just on their mm -hmm. own and are lone wolves. So start thinking more from a collaborative perspective and not just keeping all the information to yourself. Go out there, share it, collaborate, and you'll get a bunch of new ideas that no one in your industry will even come up with. And I love that because, I mean, I think that's the, the, the big thing that people miss out on. I mean, essentially what you're saying is, Objection handling, right? Like, what are all the objections? Write out all the objections and and handle them. And like, 
So just, so just for one last thing before we kind of close out. And um, as far as that goes, do you have multiple, like multiple objection handlers per question, depending on, you know, situation, or is this just like, we have one bulletproof, like, here's the answer every single time when this gets asked. Yeah. So, so the framework I like to use, and, and I love that question, is more around trying to poke the biggest hole in their game. So the point of the question drill is to ask them what I call the impossible question. Questions that are completely left field, that are still related to their business, that somebody wouldn't really think of. Right? So let's say I'm thinking about your digital marketing agency, what you do. You could say something like, I don't know, what's one client testimonial that you did? What was the first client you ever worked with in that industry? And what was that experience like for you? It's like, Nobody asked me about first client. Like, what about my most recent one? That's just an example because I'm not thinking too mm-hmm. much right now on this call. But the sure. trick is it, those four people, when they're gunning you down to questions, they really have to think of one question that they feel the loan officer doesn't have an answer to. That's really the goal. So then when you poke really big holes in the game and you really go through that nitty gritty process of going like, oh my God, like I have no idea how to answer this thing. And you all brainstorm together, your confidence level when you get into like a regular sales call with somebody skyrockets like crazy. That's that's amazing, man. And when it comes to, I mean, you talk about the presentation as well. I mean, I would presume that's that's going to be the same with scripts, right? Like practicing the scripts. And, and I assume also when you're talking about like, you know, putting a bunch of time on the, on the, on the intro, like is that you're focusing a lot of your energy on the first couple seconds, minutes of that presentation, making sure it's super dialed in. I mean, assuming. Absolutely. Yes? Absolutely. Okay. It's, it's like this podcast show, right? Like if I was terrible, the first five minutes, people would just stop listening. Right. Right. And, and I hope right. that's not too many people, but the, but the point is, <laughs> is we need it with like, same thing with this. So definitely applies in all contexts. Awesome, man. Awesome. Love that so much. Uh, so thank you so much for being here, man. Where is, if someone wants to reach out to you, someone, you know, has some questions, where's like the best places that they, that, that they can reach you at, right? Absolutely. Thanks for that. So there's two easy ways to connect. First one, super simple, go on YouTube, type master talk in one word. You'll have access to the hundreds of free videos that we have there on the channel. And the second one, for those of you who are interested in coaching, taking the game to the next level, I encourage you to go to rockstarcommunicator.com. That's where we host our free trainings over Zoom that you can take part in and participate in, where I coach people for free on it. Awesome, man. So we're going to make sure we have those linked in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening, you should be able to see them right here in the show notes. Uh, thank you, man, so much. I, I, this has just been, I don't know, man, I, I really have loved this this podcast. I just think it's, it's such an important topic um, that just quite honestly gets brushed over or gets glossed over. I mean, so when you go, when you become a loan officer and, and loan officers listening to this are going to know, and sorry to, to, I said we're wrapping up and I'm over here telling another story, but, but loan officers, uh, basically when they we become a loan officer, they, they learn all the guidelines, right? Compliance and making sure that you're not doing something illegal, but like no one really teaches loan officers how to go out and sell. No one teaches them what to say to people. They don't tell the cadence. What, how many people do I call? What do I say? All these things. Right. And so this is just a very applicable thing of like, okay, well, yeah, you want to be better at sales and sales ultimately is communication. So (laughs) if you want to be a better salesperson, you need to be a better communicator. And so you want to be better at communicating. So I don't know. I just, I took that down that rabbit hole. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool that this, this here is just very important. Um, and thank you so much, man, for, for being here. Any last parting words before we go? No, that was it, man. Great, great show. But I can end with the book recommendation. This is yeah, not really, really to that. loan officers. But for those of you who want to read something interesting on communication, I always recommend Thirst by Scott Harrison. It's a very counterintuitive pick. 
because most people don't know the read. And, and the reason awesome. it's such a good book is because Scott focuses on how he sells nonprofit from a storytelling perspective. And even mm. if you're a loan officer, I actually think there's a lot more to learn from that book than, than the for-profit version, because if that guy could do it for nonprofit, where the incentive systems aren't aligned, imagine what you could do in the for-profit space. So I highly recommend that book. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your recommendation. And for loan officers that are listening, uh, just know that like, you got this. You have, obviously you have Brendan. You can go check out his master talk is Brendan's channel. It's amazing. I was checking out a bunch of stuff before uh, this call or before this interview. And I'm, I'm really excited for that uh, to release this, man. So I think there's a lot of good things there, but check out his channel. He's got a ton of good content on there and have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans on Demand Podcast.